afternoon, Spark Church. My name is Marcus Randolph, and I'm one of the pastors here at Spark Church. And I want to say thank you, Spark Church, for just you guys being you. I want to say thank you to Spark Church because every Sunday for the uh, for the last 10 weeks, every Sunday, you guys have showed up social distance and protested social justice. I want to say thank you, Spark, because last week you didn't forget about the babies and everybody came together for Spark and Light. I want to say thank you, Spark Church, for all the continued conversations in small groups and Bible studies to keep us not only connected with each other, but a bigger call and purpose that God is uh, driving us closer to. I want to say thank you, Spark Church, for Junior Tagata being so faithful in worship. I want to say thank you, Spark Church, for Pastor Kevin and Pastor Danielle, who work tirelessly and endlessly to to take care of our uh, this flock. I want to say thank you to Spark Church, to Pastor Omer and Pastor Tom and Pastor Mark, who do such an excellent job uh, of 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 preaching and and doing this within a virtual space. And I'm just so honored to kind of share the the the. Um, the space with you guys. And I want to say thank you, Spark Church, because, man, there are some people who are coming to, to uh, also present and teach to us uh, from amongst our very own congregation. And I'm just so excited to see uh, when they begin to start. And, oh, it's going to be so amazing. But again, thank you, Spark Church, for being here this Sunday. For, for loading in on YouTube and, and Zoom and, and trying to stay as connected from uh, really far away to really local. And I'm just so thankful and grateful to be a part of this community. So if you don't mind, let's just jump right into the text here and start at Luke 3. All right. Now, when all the people were baptized, when Jesus had been baptized and was praying, the heaven was open. And the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. Jesus was about 30 years old when he began his work. He was the son, as was thought of, Joseph of Heli, son of Mathat, son of Levi, son of Melchi, son of Yanai, son of Joseph, son of Matthias, son of Amos, Son of Nehom, son of Esla, son of Nagai, son of Maath, son of Matthias, son of Simeon, son of Joseph, son of Yoda, son of Yonan, son of Risa, son of Zerubbabel, son of Shiltel, son of Nuri, son of Melchi, son of Adi, son of Kosam, son of Elmadam, son of Ur, son of Joshua, son of Elizer, son of Joram. Son of Mathat, son of Levi, son of Simeon, son of Judah, son of Joseph, son of Jonah, son of Eliakim, son of Melia, son of Mena, son of Mathat, son of Nathan, son of David, son of Jesse, son of Obed, son of Boaz, son of Salah, son of Masham, son of Abinadab, son of Admin, son of Arni, son of Hezron, Son of Perez, son of Judah, son of Jacob, son of Isaac, son of Abraham, son of Terah, son of Nahor, son of Sereg, son of Ru, son of Peleg, son of Eber, son of Shelah, 
son of Canaan, son of Arphaxad, son of Shem, son of Noah, son of Lamech, son of Methuselah, son of Enoch, son of Jared, son of Mahalil, son of Canaan, son of Enos, son of Seth, son of Adam, son of God. And that concludes the reading of the text. Now, as we've been walking through Luke, Pastor Danielle has walked us through uh, the beginnings and this la uh, and just this last week, she did just the, uh, a very excellent job of walking us through um, John's role in the story, in the kingdom of God coming and how when we have these kind of encounters with God, that it, it should result in that, that kind of kingdom mentality of a change of behavior. In fact, as um, John is baptizing at the Jordan River, which is a key and central element of the whole redemptive story, people are, are, are drawn. They're getting baptized because, you know, John uh, says, who tells you to flee from the coming wrath? And as people are baptized, they're like, hey, we're excited with this kingdom of God. Like, what do we do? And he gives these incredible practical instructions which is really came comes down to loving our neighbor. And so he says, like, observe our position and privilege and don't try to do too much. What he says is to the tax collector, hey, if you're collecting taxes, only collect taxes. What he says to the soldier is, is hey, you got to be a soldier. Hey, be uh, be the soldier, but don't do too much. It's, it's almost as if he's saying, hey, treat other people like you want to be treated which is an amazing kind of, uh, not really foreshadowing, but a grounding in the teacher and a practical application to which all this audience must have known at the time. And then Jesus comes on the scene and um, Jesus walks in and, and Jesus participates in the baptism. Not that he himself needed to be baptized because, well, Jesus is Jesus, but that he's giving us kind of an example and what's amazing about uh, Jesus's baptism is kind of the existential events that kind of happen right afterwards. And so we see that as Jesus comes up out of the water, it states that um, a voice came down from heaven and that voice from heaven and that voice from heaven stated, you are my son, the beloved with you. I am well pleased. And I also want to note it states that the Holy Spirit descended upon him in a physical or bodily form. Now, this must have been really amazing. But what is Luke doing here? What is the writer doing? And most importantly, what is God doing that a, a voice would come open and uh, uh, a, the Holy Spirit would descend upon physical form? And um, what we know is, is that God is quoting the whole kit and caboodle, all of Tanakh. We, Tanakh. we see that he uh, starts off with um, Psalm 2, verses 7, in which he says, I will tell of the decree of the Lord. He said to me, you are, are my son. Today, uh, I have begotten you. And then we kind of go back to Genesis uh, 22, where he, uh, verse 2 where this crazy foreshadowing takes place where Abraham, where God says to Abraham, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love and offer him as a burnt offering. 
And as we know uh, right now, that that is just a, a very interesting foreshadowing of, of the life that Jesus will come to live. And so then we've got this great, surreal, awesome moment. And then the writer does something that we kind of, for those of us in a modern context, we kind of can just uh, kind of skip over. He goes into a genealogy. And if you're like some of us who've read the Bible, mainly someone like myself, I've oftentimes not found genealogies to be the most intellectually engaging at the time. Now, I must admit, much of it's because, you know, I recognize a few names here and there. Like, I might recognize Abraham, Joseph. Um, I might recognize, like, Noah and some of those early names. But I, I, I'm sorry, Arfax said, I'm sorry, I just, I just don't know how you fit into the story. And yet, um, I couldn't do this. Now, it's also an interesting contrast between Matthew's, um, Matthew's genealogy. I tend to like Matthew's genealogy a little bit better. Not that I'm putting Matthew against Luke, because Matthew does this little subtle thing. Matthew kind of drops the women's names in there. So he he mentions like Ruth and he mentions um, the uh, Rahab and he, he mentions like people's mothers. And he kind of drops that little scandal in there. Like he's like, oh, Solomon, whose mother was uh, Bathsheba. And it's just very interesting. I'm like, oh, okay, you got a little scandal going on in here. And, you know, kind of keeps me engaged in the text. But Luke does something very interesting and a little different than Matthew because he, he writes down 77 names. And he connects all 77 names back to Adam. Adam, the first man, son of God, of the earth. And that's really neat and interesting because if he's talking to a, a predominantly Gentile or mixed audience, that's got to make those who are Gentile or in, in that audience feel connected to the story. And it's like Lucas saying, hey, you're in the family too. You are connected to the story. And sometimes there's some of us who may not feel connected to the story overall. I have the person I'm of the opinion that some of our unrest in America amongst different uh, amongst the African American community and uh, different ethnicities is that we don't know sometimes how we fit into the story. And that's why you have groups of, of people seriously advocating for the, the teaching of how black people in America, how Asian Americans, how Latinx and um, all the other groups their stories fit into America and how we all move it going forward. But how awesome would it have been to, to be there and to read this letter or hear it and go, wow, I'm a part of that story because Adam being the son of God and we all come from him, meaning that we're all connected. Now, I do got to say that uh, on the other end, that might have made somebody feel a certain type of way. Because when you, if you're reading this story and you're underneath Roman, uh, you're underneath, you're being occupied by the Roman Empire, and you're like, man, they're part of the story too. That had to do do a little, uh, had to cause a little tension within you. So I'm very sensitive to not everybody might have received this at the time a particular way, but nevertheless, we are all connected. We are all family. We are all children of God.
which is this amazing revelation. And when that happens, when that kind of hits us, we act according to it. We understand that I can't treat a fellow image bearer a certain way. In fact, if I see a fellow image bearer being mistreated, I'm compelled. I'm compelled because that's my brother or sister in humanity. And what's also amazing is, is that, um, you know, for those of us who grow up in uh, the traditional uh, uh, tradition, we, we grow up singing the song, Father Abraham has many sons and many sons have Father Abraham. So are you and we go through it and I I really love that particular church tradition because even though for many of us who are Gentiles and born outside of the the uh, uh, of the original tradition we know and we're, we're we're taught very very early on that we are children of God that we are all a part of God's overall redemptive story now, what I also really, really like, and if we can go back to the beginning of the uh, of the text, is that Luke does a, a really good job as a writer of placing emphasis on the Holy Spirit. And we see it from the very beginning of the text as it says that the Holy Spirit descended upon Jesus like, like a dove. And Luke takes a lot of time and we can see it through the uh the through the writing of his letter uh with luke to theopolis and we also see it in acts too that there's just a lot of emphasis on the holy spirit and he connects jesus to the overall story because the same holy spirit which hadn't changed it's it's saying it's, it's connected throughout so even those who are uh, uh the original jewish audience who's listening to it they're like oh that's available to me. And it's it's really cool because it's like the, the same spirit that and, and areas that may have um that, that connected their kind of for lack of a better term, historical figures. That that same spirit that rescued Daniel from the lion's den, that same spirit that like got Joshua through the uh, the battle of Jericho, that same spirit that got Gilligan off the island, that same spirit is within all of us and 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 continues to move us within, uh, move within us, and it allows us to do amazing things. And we see it happen and fall, and the Holy Spirit be a great connector of us all, uh, a great connector of us all, of all people. But as Luke continues to write in this genealogy, he said, "Hey, we're all connected. We're all part of the family of God." And because we're all connected, because we're all a, a part of the family, God, we should act accordingly. We should act like it. And so I just want to keep reminding Spark that we're, we're all connected. We're all part of this gigantic story. The fact that every week Spark goes out with the, uh, with congregation Echaim. And they protest and stand up for other fellow image bearers. Means, hey, we're a part of that family. And we know that understanding your story and who you are. And it kind of tells 
what's going on and how important that as we're all connected, it moves us to something greater. I have had the absolute privilege during this shelter in place every Sunday to talk to my father and my stepmom or mom really and my brothers in a, in a virtual kind of family dinner setting. And that's really been a blessing that has come out of the uh, shelter in place because it's something we didn't do before, but it's something that we're dedicated to. And what's really neat is, is that I, I got to say that growing up, me and my biological father, we were disconnected by by distance. And so we didn't see each other very often. But my, my dad would tell me how he prayed for us and he would pray for us all the time. And it's really neat that when I can look back on my life and see that I've had a better relationship with my father as an adult starting at 19 or 20. And now that I'm 40 and I've, I've gotten to see my dad at least once a year or twice a year talk to him all the time and these last couple of months have been awesome and been great and i definitely know that that is god's own value of family kind of working within it and it's but mending that relationship together and what i see it is is it's played out within our church community as we are reconciling the reputation of god amongst two communities the uh jewish community and the um, Christian community and, and moving forward. And then it comes out spark in a very, in several practical ways, in forms, in talks, in partnerships, in celebrating traditions like uh, when this is over Passover or the acknowledgement of, of different traditions and it not stepping on each other, but the celebration of our brothers and our Jewish brothers and sisters doesn't take away from us. It, and in fact, we we elevate them and, and, and know that, hey, your celebration of, of who you are and, and our similarities and the, the being descendants of Abraham only makes us stronger. It, 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 it does something that when people look on it um, in different ways, they go, well, what's going on in that community? And even when you're an outside, uh, outsiders look in and, and go, wait. You've got two separate groups who are pushing forward for the justice of other groups. I mean, you got to give Sparking and Congregation as Haim and, and many of these movements props. I mean, we stick up for um, immigration. We stick up for racial justice, sticking up for women, advocating for our brothers and, and sisters in the LGBTQ community. I mean, this these folks is out here doing it. And it makes me so proud to be a part of this family and community. And so just to kind of land the, uh, the plane, uh, land the plane, Luke is writing, connects us all. These genealogies are not just to be looked over. That, that not only is it just a name, you know, what's also like not uh, what I failed to, to mention earlier is, is that a lot of times we see that name, but we're, we're not seeing all the names with it. It's that name and that household. So when you see Jesus, the father uh, uh, whose dad or thought to be Joseph, we're also forgetting that Jesus' sisters are mentioned, Jesus' brothers and, and their you know, children and every, uh, everyone is mentioned as well, too. That, that all these people. So what's in this name? There's, there's a lot being mentioned in, in these family lines. But. The genius is, is that we're all connected. And as we're all connected, 
we we just got to remember that and it's especially important in times like these in times of uncertainty and times of uh, medical unrest in times of social unrest and in times of of just a certain amount of uncertainty there's often this peace knowing that not only can we have our natural physical families but we have a bigger set of families and just it's just a joy to be a part of it's just a joy when um our our pastor's daughter refers to so many people as auntie and uncle i i love that from the island tradition it's just a joy when uh, i hear other uh children uh, other people's children call me uncle marcus i mean i i just it's just it does me a delight and i i enjoy it as as um just because again it's we're all pouring into this next generation so spark this writer luke says we're all connected and we're all part of the family of god and he tells us and he, he inspires us to to go and act like it and i want to say this spark you've been acting like it that's just who you are your family's connected you are who you are and and your family line fights for justice fights for reconciliation uh, uh pushes and stresses out of love that's just who you are and that's in your dna and i just want to say thank you and now we get to participate in communion and uh which is another tradition that we get to all participate in as a uh family so on the night that jesus was betrayed he broke bread with his disciples and said eat this and do this in remembrance of me and also on that night he took a cup and uh uh drank wine and also do this in remembrance of me and i just want to say thank you spark for allowing us all to be family together as we move closer and closer to uh be more ideal within the kingdom thank you